The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. <clears throat> so following the <clears throat> a deeper insight into impermanence, the stages of anapanasati goes to uh, being aware of fading away. And um, as I said earlier, it's, it, this idea of fading away is kind of distinct from the idea that there's a sudden kind of dropping of your attachments, your preoccupations. And it, sometimes there can be that, for sure. But uh, it's more realistic to expect that things will slowly fade away, gradually uh, weaken and disappear. Um, and sometimes uh, the gradual reduction can seem much more doable than the all, all, or, all or nothing kind of thing. There was a, one of the uh, best-selling books on mindfulness in the last year or two was a book that called um, uh, 10% Better. And um, so the idea is, you, can, you know, if the practice, if you can do something, the mindfulness, and use mindfulness to feel 10% better, that's pretty good. <laughs> It's better than nothing, right? No better. So, uh, I, mean, I guess I didn't read the book, but you know, but you know, the the, the ti- you know the title is nice. Or ten or ten percent not better, ten percent happier. Yeah, so ten percent happier. So uh, we start off by looking for to be, you know, five percent less attached, <laughs> or five percent less intensity in our attachment. And then, you know, maybe that's doable, you know. If you say, let go of your attachments, like, oh, that's like, I can't do that. But you can lighten up a little bit, <laughs> loosen up a teeny bit, you know, 1%, something. And then, you know, 1% more, and over time, you know, it can, it can uh, fade away quite a bit. And um, so the idea that things, you know, can fade away, and also things also have a, ch- a chance to fade away on their own. So one of the things we do in practice is uh, learn how to get out of the way so we're not feeding things, we're not reinforcing them. Um, uh, and so if we have a, you know, a particular thought that um, if I have the thought that you know, I'm not really, don't look like what a Dharma teacher should look like because I have glasses, uh, and I keep having that thought, and that thought kind of makes me feel bad, and not feeling bad, I think think about those thoughts even more. And pretty soon, my whole world's consumed with thought, uh, with glasses thoughts. You know, that's it. Um, but if I can stop, if I see that I'm having those thoughts, but I don't participate them in it anymore, I don't feed them, I don't keep adding to them, uh, then um, they'll fade away. There's energy is not going into them. So some of the fading away comes from learning how to step out of the way learning how not to participate while we stay clearly aware of what's happening. We're not engaging in what's going on with our attachments. We're not strengthening them by how we relate to them. So this idea of fading away, but it's, uh, it's really uh, supportive if we have a foundation of some modicum of well-being, where it feels kind of nice to be here, nice to be connected, so that as things fade away, we're not left with nothing. We're left more and more with maybe what Bill's talked about, about feeling good about being alive in this moment. It feels nice to be here. And for that, it's helpful to have 
to have familiarity with well-being or discover in what way it feels really it feels nice to be present and alive here, uh, not caught up in concerns and preoccupations past and future. So part of this uh, process of anapanasati is to learn how to feel um, well-being of some kind. So uh, for this, um, we'll do a short meditation now. And I thought maybe uh, for um, just before lunch, maybe we shouldn't do any fading away. Um, <laughs> maybe we should only do uh, feeling good. <laughs> and, um, and if you don't feel good in the process of this meditation, then I hope that your, you, any, any uh, judgments you have about that will fade away quickly. <laughs> and you don't, you don't be bothered by them or carry them along. So, um, before we do this, one more thing I want to say is that um, uh, there's a a whole range of good feelings that can come from this practice. And it's good to kind of become aware of the range so that uh, some of the things that often you'd overlook, you can begin to notice and then benefit from noticing them and having them here. And one of the things that people often overlook because they have important concerns that they're needing to you know, want to focus on, is that as we relax, that the relaxation itself tends to feel good. If we are preoccupied by something, we're no longer quite so preoccupied by it, that lessening of preoccupation kind of feels nice. And if the preoccupation goes away, that feels nice. Some people are preoccupied by something, and they're lucky enough for it to settle away, but they have a long list of important things to be preoccupied about, so they don't take any time to notice. They just go on to the next thing on the list. And, you know, you know, you know. so, um, you know, please don't have a to-do list when it comes to being preoccupied. Uh, you know, when, you, when, you, uh, when something fades away, take the time to appreciate how that feels nice. It's nice not to be in the grip of something that you were in the grip of before. Um, And the deeper the relaxation, even the physical relaxation, or the deeper the mental relaxation, right in that, there is some kind of good feeling, some pleasure, some well-being that arises. Make sense? So that's kind of the background for this. We'll We'll sit for about 20 minutes. So sitting upright in a stable, alert posture. And taking some gentle, bigger breaths. And as you exhale, settle in. Settle into your body. And then letting your breathing return to normal. And take a moment to really know and feel that you're sitting here with a body, 
your body is always in the present moment, <clears throat> even though your mind is not. And it's quite common that we abandon the body by having our attention go into our thoughts and concerns that have nothing to do with here and now. And rather than abandoning the body for meditation, we become more aware of that we have a body now, here and now. And as you're sitting here, as you exhale maybe, see if there's places where you can soften or relax in your body. And don't be too ambitious. Ten percent more relaxed, one percent more relaxed is fine. So you might start with your forehead your eyes. See if you can, as you soften, relax the muscles and letting your eyes settle back into their eye sockets. There's nothing you need to look at. Mindfulness is more about feeling than it is about looking. Often around the mouth and the jaw. It might be helpful to let the teeth fall apart ever so slightly. And feeling your shoulders. And if it's possible to relax your shoulders, let them sink down towards the floor. And if they can't relax, it's okay. See if they can send a feeling of softening that part of your body, softening around your shoulders. Softening in your chest, relaxing 
and relaxing in your belly. And then noticing if there's any way in which you, your body is tense or that you're bracing yourself against life. And as you exhale, see if you can soften or let go, relax. The subtle bracing, the subtle holding As you relax your muscles, maybe imagine that they're falling away from the bone and resting in the skin, the bag of skin that holds the body together. The skin will hold you together. You can relax your muscles. And then bring your attention to the area of your body where you most associate with thinking. Perhaps in your head, in the area of your brain. And see, notice if there's any tightening or pressure, contraction in that part, the thinking muscle. or any agitation like agitated waves in the surface of the sea. And as you exhale, see if you can relax the thinking muscle. So the mind, the waves of the mind flatten out and spread outwards like a vast still sea. It recedes outwards to the side and forward, flattens out. Letting go of your thoughts. Relaxing in the brain, in the mind. 
And then as you sit here, present in your body, here and now, can you notice somewhere in the system some feelings of well-being? Could be little pieces of pleasure, could be contentment, It could be a little bit of joy or happiness. Is there any signs of feelings of well-being, contentment, happiness? And if there is, feel that, allow yourself to feel that, receive that, be with it. Breathe with it. Perhaps letting any feeling of well-being that might be here for you be the companion to your breathing. So that as you breathe in and out, you're breathing with that well-being. And if you have to let go or can let go of thoughts, notice how it might feel good to let go for a moment. It allows you to let go into just being here in the body, content, simple, alive, breathing.
you let go of your thoughts? Can you let go into <clears throat> some way of being here now, which is pleasant, enjoyable? <clears throat> Not because you're thinking enjoyable thoughts, but because somehow being in a relaxed body, in a relaxed way, feels nice. And then before I ring the bell to end the sitting, <clears throat> is there some kind of <clears throat> reference point of something that feels nice, way of being in your body, way of being present, that you might return to periodically during the lunch break. And that doing so is better than the alternative. Doing so <clears throat> somehow is available if you're standing in line for the bathroom or if there's something unpleasant happening You discover someone else brought a better lunch than yours. Whatever, whatever kind of where your mind tends to go. Instead of going there, can you come back to the place inside that feels good? And in doing so, some of the preoccupations you have might begin to fade away. So when you're involved in Buddhist practice, one of the things that uh, is helpful is to avail yourself of whatever well-being 
that's here in the easy way. Whatever sense of appreciation or pleasure or, or joy or, you know, that's relatively easy to have. You don't want to force the issue. Uh, we don't need to have a world of saccharine Buddhists you know, who would just not, you know, kind of use joy and being happy as a way of covering over what's really happening or pretending it's not really, pretending suffering is not here or challenges are not here. But it's easier to uh, be step forward and meet our challenges, to meet our suffering, if we feel kind of some modicum of feeling okay, like it's, it's good to be here, it's good to be present. The, um, I'll end, end with this little story of one of my first Zen teachers. Uh, he was introduced to um, <coughs> uh, Zen meditation in college, and he was an athlete, so a very, very fit, strong guy. And, um, and also that being probably pretty stiff. And uh, he was taught Zazen, Zen meditation, where you have to sit kind of, you know, upright for 40 minutes and cross-legged posture and not move. And, um, and for him, that was really hard physically. So he was in a lot of pain. And, um, but for him, he said, it was the first time in my life that I felt real, that I felt connected to something that was actually real as opposed to, you know, in his thoughts and fantasies and kind of a dis- disembodied life. And uh, that's what hooked him onto Zen. He went on to study Zen, become a Zen teacher, because that feeling of being real, that felt good, it felt right. <clears throat> so it, the well-being doesn't have to be some kind of, you know, happy-go-lucky there's something that can feel good about just being connected to what really is and relaxing with that, not being fighting it or in conflict with it. There's a wide range of things that can produce well-being, bring it about. And uh, learning to have realistic well-being and have it be more part of your practice is a phenomenal support for the very process of letting go, of fading away, of that this practice is about part of it, what it's about. So um, may you enjoy your lunch and uh, may enough of your hunger fade away, but maybe not too much. So you'll stay alert, stay alert. And we'll start it, we'll start in here at 120 and you're welcome to talk and you can, I don't know if it's warm enough to take t- tables outside or chairs outside. You're welcome to go out with your friends in the parking lot or something, ours. And, or p- some people know how to do it. We'll set up tables and chairs here in the outer hall. And there's tea and a microwave. And enjoy your lunch. Thank you. <laughs>